Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Father John, Joe, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. What you hear in the background is the sound of a uh, tropical storm. Uh, maybe not a tropical storm, but it's hailing. Mountain storm. Lightning here in Fairplay, Colorado. Now, before we begin, Joe, can you give us a description of this epic place where we're podcasting? I've never seen the place, but I imagine it's very similar to wherever President Franklin Roosevelt would do his fireside chat. Doesn't it feel like that? It does. We're sitting in a study in the upstairs of a beautiful house, thanks to our friends Al and Beth Ross. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably don't listen, but we're in front of a fire. It's storming outside. We're in the mountains up in Fairplay, Colorado. and uh, One of my favorite places in the world. Gorgeous. There's a sp- spiral staircase that leads up to this uh, epic <laughs> little study. So we are very excited to be here, uh, and we, uh, we hope you're doing well as well. We're really spoiled right now. We're we on are. vacation kind of conference. We are. Now, a uh, quick shout-out before we begin. Yes. Peter Polito. Yes. I our good friend. Our good friend. Uh, Peter Polito. We spent last week hiking with him. And uh, he did all right. He, uh, you know, he wears his chacos. Got caught in a hailstorm in those. But uh, he uh, is the one who donated all this equipment. He and his wife. There were a lot of people Elizabeth. who donated, but he he significantly contributed, and uh, we got to meet him for the first time this a couple weeks ago. So so we were very excited. So Peter, thanks a lot. And Lester uh, says hello. So <laughs> uh, to the topic, though, my friend. I hope we get a lightning burst here just any second. Wouldn't that be great? It'd be great. I'm sorry if the sound is annoying for anybody listening, but it's pretty peaceful for us right now. We're enjoying this. So hopefully it's as enjoyable for you. The uh, the topic today, I think, am I going first? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so uh, the the title that you clicked on is called the Hidden Vocation. Now I named it that because if I would have said Secular Institute on it, you wouldn't have clicked on it because you'd been like, I don't really care. That sounds boring. But this is actually very important. <laughs> it does sound boring, but it is important. Okay, so basically, I have to set the context though before we kind of get into this. Basically, if you're a young Catholic, now, correct, Joe, if I start talking about things we've talked about in the past, we're getting close to 100 podcasts here. I don't even know where we're at. We so don't know. Just shut me down if you're like, yeah, you, you did that like four times in different podcasts. I have to be shutting you down like all the time. Everything is recycled. You know that by now. Basically, you're a young guy or a young girl. You're discerning your vocation, and it looks like priesthood or marriage. Right. Okay? Not that complicated. It's not that simple. If you're a woman, you're, you're saying religious life or marriage, right? But we got mm-hmm. a lot of friends not married. Uh, who are saying, where's my spouse? I don't feel called a religious life. That's what we're talking about. Hmm. So to set the context, I want to radically shift and broaden our understanding of vocation, which I think is rather limited. Now, we talked uh, about yes. this in election vocation mission way back in the day. But I think, oh, here comes some lightning. Hope it cracks. I don't know if you can hear that. Um, we're having, we're really enjoying this. So <laughs> I, it's probably really obnoxious to listen awesome. to. But, um, Joe, when we approach vocation... The first question we need to discuss is uh, that we need to shift our mindset from just the limited understanding of like marriage or priesthood or marriage or religious life and say, nope, when we look at the Gospels, the fullest expression of the life in Christ falls into three different states. Hmm. Okay, States comes from the Latin status, which means stand. How am I standing in relationship to Christ? Right. Okay. Now, the first thing about that is that shifts our language from vocation, this like divine jigsaw puzzle that i gotta figure out Mm -hmm. and a lot of people come to me for spiritual direction and they say all right you know father john i don't know what i'm called to and i'm freaking out and it's just like wait a second first you need to just realize where you're at right now it's you know why i think a lot of the anxiety about vocation comes from at least in my experience uh in college it seemed like a lot of people it's stupid about this understanding of vocation as which it is as the way that i will love and give of myself 
and ultimately become sanctified. Uh, and that's my vocation. You know, a married person, they're going to love their uh, their spouse and their children, and and through their gift of self is the primary way that they're going to learn to love Christ, and Christ is going to sanctify them, which is beautiful. Beautiful. But when that's when that's so narrowly defined like that, people think, well, if I want to be a saint. Then the way I'm going to become a saint is through my vocation. Exactly. And if I don't have a vocation right now, then I can't and become I can a, saint be a saint until I become. So I need to find my vocation if I really want to grow in holiness. Exactly. And it, I just think that's there's something really off about that. So. Exactly. And I think that's why we need to have a fuller understanding of vocation. And I don't want to go back into the stuff I talked about. If you want to, the more of the groundwork is election, vocation, mission, which was like two years ago. But uh, what I want to focus on today is uh, to, to shift this language. So on the left side, put out your left hand, Joe. I can't. Lay state. Oh, you got your makers in your left hand. <laughs> lay state. Okay. The status, the standing in the world. Leici, right, is uh, even the Italian word for like, you're in the world, mm-hmm. right? You're called to be in the world. You're called to transform the world. You're called to be cooperation with, cooperating with Christ and reconciling the world with the Father. Mm-hmm. That's on the left. On the right, the religious state. You're called out of the world to be consecrated with Christ, and that happens through the vows. Okay. Right. So the vows are consecrated, and the religious have a certain form. They wear the habit. Uh, they have the certain life of prayer. They have the order. They have the community. Everything's kind of set. That's a different calling mm-hmm. to be called out of the world for the sake of the world. You're praying for the world, or you're actively involved in the world, but you are called out of the world if you're a vote. Right. So lays in the world, religious is out of the world. And then the priest is in the middle. Right. Priestly state in the middle. So on the left, we got the lay state. On the right, we got the religious state. And the priestly state is a real complicated medial state, as our friend Balthazar will call it. Which had you got one foot in the world and you got one foot in the consecrated life of the religious. Mm-hmm. So you, you kind of stand in between. You share in the consecration, but our whole life and our whole service is at the for the lay state. For those who are in the lay state. Even secular priests have a consecration. Exactly. Right. Religious priests are actually first religious. Mm-hmm. Right? Their primary identity is the vows. Their priesthood is at the service of their religious state. Right. Got it? Sweet. We're gonna hone in now on the left side, on the lay state. And this is what's gonna blow your mind. Everybody knows that if you're called in the lay state, one of the ways that that's lived out in vocation is called marriage. Boom. Mm. We understand that normal, beautiful vocation. But there's a second way of living in the lay state. There's a second vocation in the lay state. And this is, is what I call... being alone. No, it's not. <laughs> and it's not being single. That's what everybody thinks. Now, now single, singlehood, you can still live radically for Christ. You can still... Uh, but we're specifically talking about a calling, a vocation, Right. You can live the consecrated life in the lay state. Hold up. Just consecrated prote- life you in are the not, lay state. You're not you even com- listening. I am. You just combine two. You combine the consecrated, which is on the right, lay is on the left, and you're saying you can be consecrated in the lay state. So what I'm saying is what you, are you, talking about? you can be consecrated in all three of the states. Right? You're obviously consecrated in the religious by the vows. You're consecrated in the priestly state by uh, your ordination. But there's a third way of living the consecrated life, and that's in the lay state. All right. Hmm. Now, everybody hears this and they think, oh, a third way. It's not a third way. It's not marriage, religious life, and then this other kind of weird single thing. No, just like, it's, I don't have a vocation, so we'll I'm, make those people feel good about themselves. Exactly. How interesting and how different our, our church would be if people realized, if they knew that there was a vocation to be consecrated, which means you're living a vowed life, poverty, chastity, and obedience, but you're living in the world for the sake of its trans, transformation. Hmm. That would be beautiful. You have the radical availability of the religious, but you're doing it in the world. So you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a professor, whatever it might be. You have a, a secular job, so to speak, and you're working in the world. 
That's a beautiful thing. Now, that goes back to the early church, but something changed in the early 20th century. The church kind of renewed this understanding. And in 1947, Pius XII passed an encyclical called... Pro something? Pravidamater. Pravidamater. I spoke about this I know earlier. It started today. with a P. Pravidamater instituted in a canonical form, so legally, right, in canon law, mm-hmm. he gave an expression to what he calls secular institutes. The consecrated vocation in the lay state, status, you're standing in the world, but you're consecrated for the world in the vows. You're part of what's called a secular institute. Hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. And, and a lot of people are already turning this off because they're like, no, thanks. But some people, this is going to resonate in your life. And you're going to say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this exists. I can't believe that it's possible. If I feel this desire and this call to be holy Christ, to be completely consecrated, then I have to go be a priest or be a religious. But no, 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 that's not right. what we're saying. Some people are called to be in the world completely. Some people want to be in the world and, and do their job, but they want to give everything leave everything behind at the same time and get consecrated to Christ, but exactly. still be in the world. Exactly. And in many ways, this is the most radical, given our kind of context, cultural context, this is the most radical uh, vocation. Paul uh, VI referred to people in secular institutes as spiritual mountaineers. Nice. Because you're kind of going where it's not civilized. This is kind of like a new, something that hasn't been done in the church right. in the last few, lot, a lot of centuries, you right. know? A lot, of, a lot of people don't even know this exists. A lot of priests don't even know this But exists. it's very radical. It's very it's radical. it's so beautiful. And it's so beautiful. And it needs to be known and as priests, we need to help people discern uh, this specifically because there's a lot of people whose hearts set on fire for the mission feel the desire to be consecrated, but they don't feel called to leave the world in the form of religious life or they don't feel called to take on the office of priesthood. They feel called to be in the world, sanctifying the world. And it's very exciting when you see someone doing this. This is It's a radical and a beautiful thing. And so uh, we want to encourage that. We want to speak about that. So the hidden vocation is the consecrated life in the lay state which takes the form of the secular institute. Now, here's a little history for you. And I mentioned this to you earlier today already, but um, with the Second Vatican Council, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things changed. One of the things that changed is there used to be this thing called the Congregation for Religious, right? right? So, religious life. Uh, but they broadened it. They expanded it. And it became known as, and today it's known as the, conse- uh, the insti- sorry, all these complicated words, the Congregation for Institutes of Consecrated Life, Okay. So now think of, you got your left hand, the lay state, your right hand, the religious state, and your middle hand. Joe has three hands, nobody knows that. Priest state, okay, priestly state. Think of an umbrella covering all of that called the Institutes for Consecrated Life. Mm. On the right, you have something called religious institutes. So technically, religious orders are called religious institutes. They govern the religious state. Right. On the middle and on the left, they're called secular institutes. And Joe and I are part of something called the Companions of Christ, which is like a quasi-secular institute. It's actually an association, but we don't need to get into that, where we're trying to live the councils in a deeper way in the priestly state. And the secular institutes also are for the lay state as well. The councils meaning poverty, chest, poverty, the chest obedience. Poverty, chest, obedience. So you live uh, the life of a consecrated person in the world. Now... This is a bridge that's missing. Man, the, the hail is picking up. This is crazy. I don't think it's coming through too much on here, though, so Okay, no that's good, because it's pretty loud outside. The, uh, um, and this is just very, very key. And, it, and, it, and people are going to hear this and be like, I don't know what he's talking about. But for some of you, it's just, it's just to say, consider this. Consider this, because Jesus is calling this. And in many ways, this is the bridge that's missing, right? This is a bridge that's missing, because as a, even as a priest, okay, in the medial state, in the middle, between the left and the right, we can only do so much. I walk around in the collar. People are like, oh, he's, you know, hates women. He hates, you know, homosexual. You know, they, they throw me off right away. 
But if you're in the world and you're completely consecrated, you have access to places that I would never have access to, universities, hospitals. And as the world continues to secularize, we need secular institutes mm-hmm. who are in the, in the midst, in the trenches of people who are radically captivated and living a Christian life in community, in, in a life of contemplation and prayer, living the evangelical councils, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Their whole life is given, but they're, they're in the midst of the world. Absolutely. That's really what we need. A radical witness. And a certain theologian named Hans Erzman Balthasar said this is the most important work in the church right now. So is, get, is the fostering of secular institutes. So I imagine people might be listening and being like, secular institutes, I've never heard of them, I've never seen them, what are you talking about? So what? give me an example of this. Like, are there are there secular institutes out there? Is this just some idea? Well, my favorite one I've is... Because I've actually never my favorite met anyone one is in a secular the, institute. Is the Johannes Gemeinschaft. Johannes. Which, which means Community of St. John. John. Started by... Uh, Hanser's on Balthazar. Surprise! Surprise! Okay, so basically, Balthazar, we talk about his theology all the time, but all of his theology is at the service of what he felt God calling him to found this uh, community with his mystic friend, Adrian von Speyer. And, and he lays this out, uh, and he's, 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 just working, he's just working with what the church has given us. They, he compiles 80 documents on uh, the secular institutes in the last 40 years. I mean, it's tremendous. The amount that the church is publishing, but it's not, we're not getting access to it. So secular institutes are very strange, and they, and, uh, they seem very weird, and, and they're, they're not even really well known. Uh, but this is real. This is real. Are there any in America? Uh, there are some in America, but most of them don't really understand themselves. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a website of like the United States Secular Institutes, and it's just kind of bizarre, frankly. Uh, you'd look at it and you'd be like, "Ugh." Aren't there none of them? Because I remember reading um, one—I forget which church document it was—on Secular Institutes, and it was saying how common life, like living in community, was actually recommended uh, and stressed. Uh, but it's not totally necessary. Yes. But it's it, it's really important. But how I don't think there's any of them in America who are living in communities. Is that right? That is that is. Uh, uh, I don't know if I can make. I usually make absolute statements. I'm getting older. I'm <laughs> I getting, know. I'm, I'm surprised. Getting more prudent. Come to on, the best of my to the best of my knowledge. Speak without thinking. That's what we. All do. right. There's uh, nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> we're the only people who know about this. Everyone else is ret- is ridiculous. So uh, it's starting it's stopping to rain now. So the uh, uh, for the best of my knowledge, you don't have a kind of a healthy, authentic. Um, culture of secular institutes but they're also supposed to be hidden hmm. so the idea of like you shouldn't you, you're not disclosing that you're part of you're a not wearing institute. a habit or you're, not wearing like, a habit. you're not dressed up like a nun or a like, religious brother like if we tried to find people with the Johannes Gemeinschaft it'd actually be difficult because we don't even know who's a part of it it's a very hidden life huh uh, part of their work is is the, is this kind of discretion, which is probably why nobody's ever heard of these. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, part of the reason, uh, but the other reason is ridiculous that there's a website of all the secular institutes. Like, ah, you're yeah. kind of missing the point here. So, yeah, the life hidden with Christ, consecrated to Him, but in the world completely. Uh, it was very, very interesting and and very exciting and very beautiful. So, please, uh, if you're listening to this and you're discerning your vocation, consider it. If you've arrived in your vocation. If you're in the religious state, you're probably not listening to this because you probably don't have technology. If you're in the priestly state, you're probably not listening to this either. But if you're married and you're married, um, pray for this because this is an important work that's happening that's very unknown uh, and, and very significant. Yeah, and it's a beautiful it's a beautiful witness. We need people. I mean, married people, it's not like married people can't give their whole lives to Christ, but they cannot live the councils in fact. They can live right. it in spirit, and they can have the spirit of perfection uh, that's that they're forming interiorly of a, a spirit of poverty, a spirit of chastity, obedience. Uh, but there's something about the radical, explicit witness of that uh, that draw that 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 shows people uh, how captivated a person is by Christ. 
Um, and we need that witness in the world. The, the world needs that witness of the church. I mean, we're the light of the world. And, and what, a, what a brighter light than a life that's completely given uh, their whole lives, poverty, chastity, obedience to Christ. Uh, exactly. And, you know, working in a hospital, working in a university, like you said, whatever. Exactly. It's awesome. So if you have questions about this, email Father John, because he's the one to ask. No, cause... seriously, do email me, and we'll pass it on. Um, or email the podcast, and I'll, I'll make sure it gets the podcast yeah. hands. And uh, our apologies also for the uh, kind of sloppy uh, kind of way that this has been coming out. I took all my vacation time over the last three weeks, and I've, I've been in the San Juan wilderness for three weeks, and uh, Joe and I just got off backpacking, so we apologize. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. I had to carry Joe's pack most of the time, but, you know, it's That okay. is a lie. It's okay. Um, but we... Uh, We've been having a lot of fun, but the podcast haven't exactly been coming out too often. So we're hoping that um, we're going to get consistent. We always say that year after year. We're approaching our hundredth episode, uh, I think. Episode? <laughs> Let's just episode. Is that what we call? So, them? I don't know what we call them. Something like that. Questions, comments, concerns, fears, anxieties. Uh, Catholic stuff podcast at, at gmail.com gmail. on Facebook. We got a couple of comments we got to catch up on. Sorry for the emails I haven't responded to. <laughs> And I think that's about it. That's it. All right. Have a good uh, have a good week. Okay. Bye bye.